You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society, and thank you so much for being here. My gosh, you look amazing today. You have such great hair, and you have a spring to your step, and I am thrilled that you are here and you are listening to my words. And today, we are going to be talking about quiet quitting, which is so funny because it's trendy right now. It's in the news. Everywhere I turn, every article I read, it's about quiet quitting. And I start reading it and I think, my gosh, this is what I think. This is what I do. This is what I tell people to do and what I coach people on. Steph, you are in the here and you are in the now and you are insanely with it and trendy, which is hysterical to me because I am not a trendy person (laughs) in any way, but I love that the world has sort of caught up and realized that hustle stinks. It is not sustainable. It is not good for you. It is not healthy for your body or your mind or your soul in any way. And it's most certainly not good when you're trying to raise other humans who are watching your every mood, not mood, (laughs) that too, they're watching your mood, but they're watching your every move and they're absorbing and they're making mental notes of, oh, I'm totally going to do that when I grow up. And then on the other side of the coin, they're thinking, huh, I am most certainly not going to do that because mom looks stressed. Mom looks upset. I will never be that kind of person. So that's what we're going to talk about today, of this quiet quitting, which is in the news right now. And it's fascinating because I see it from both sides. So the corporations that are bringing their talking heads to MSNBC and and Bloomberg.com and Fortune and Entrepreneur and all of these places... They're talking about quiet quitting as a bad thing, as it's going to crumble the economy. And if people aren't stepping up at work, then we're going to have even higher inflation rates and the looming recession is going to happen. And it's all of these quiet quitters fault. So let's take a step back here and and let's really dissect what it is this sort of quiet quitting means. It means that you are just doing your job and and you're not going overboard and you're not doing the work of 27 people. And I've never been a big fan of hustle and pressure in any way, but a lot of people, rightfully so, overworked during the pandemic because we were sort of fed this 
decree from corporations, from the media, from our bosses, from our neighbor down the street, telling us how lucky we were to have a job, how lucky we were to be employed. And yes, absolutely yes, the the pandemic was horrific and many people did lose their jobs. Um, if you're one of those people, I, I'm terribly sorry um, that that happened. What I'm what this particular podcast is talking about, this episode, and what the quiet quitting is talking about is the people who worked insanely hard because they weren't let go during the pandemic. And so they felt as if they had something to prove and they were in 126% overdrive to prove their worth, to show their boss, to show the corporations, to show society, to show the world that they were necessary and had to work. And and so in the very early days of the pandemic, they were everybody called them essential workers. And then they were hailed and, and they were revered. And um, gosh, per, uh, people were cheering and, and parading for the nurses and the firefighters and all of that. And, and the teachers, and my goodness, the teachers. And then all of a sudden, it shifted and and everyone needed to go back to work and everyone sort of had this feeling and this weighty pressure on their shoulders to over deliver and over promise and and prove that they were also essential workers and because I've been <laughs> online for as long as I've been online, there's always been this undercurrent of, of if you're not working around the clock, you're doing it wrong. And no hustle, no gain, and no pain, no gain, and go, go, go. And um, it, it's, not, it's not crying, it's sweat, and, and that is a mark of success and you should absolutely go. So I've always been around that and I've never agreed <laughs> with it in any way. And I think a lot of it sort of comes from Tony Robbins and then Tony Robbins has morphed into all of these other like 20, 30, low 30 something guys on the internet taking his words out of context and, and sort of pushing it. And so uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is is that guy of of if if you're if you're not tweeting on the toilet, if you're not working all the time, you're doing it wrong. And I've never ever <laughs> believed in that in any way. Um, but because of that, I I was a little behind whatever the the trend was. So the fact that it has now come full circle and I can talk about something that is trending is insanely exciting for me. So I don't want you to do that. That is a recipe for absolute burnout. Hustle is not sustainable. So I am all for doing your job. And then at the end of the day, you're done. I don't want you to think about it. Don't look at your email notifications. Turn them off. Be present with your family. And again, during the pandemic, lines were blurred and lines bled and because people were working from home, their their home life and their work life um, 
it got, the waters got very, very, very muddy. And I know this for a fact for myself because I worked for myself for 12 years. And ironically, now that I work back outside of the house, I have better boundaries on work and life than I've ever had before because I've told myself I'm going to work for myself only for an hour or two a day before work. So depending on the day, I get up at four or I get up at five and I work for two hours or actually one kind of (laughs) because I'm recycling the crockpot emails, but one or two hours. And then I don't look at my, um, like for myself, my, my, my self work ever again for the rest of the day until the next day, um, and so this podcast, I, I'm looking at the clock right now. It is 6.20 in the morning and I'm recording this. And I got up at five today and I've had my coffee and I'm excited. I'm still in my pajamas. I will go upstairs at about 6.40 and take a shower and get dressed. But those are my boundaries. Those are clear, I'm staying in the lines, boundaries. And then I go to work and I work until four o'clock and then I'm done. And then it, it's, it's full on family. What does my family need? Um, maybe here or there, I will glance at an email to make sure I'm not falling behind, but I'm fully present with the family. And that is really, if you actually read (laughs) the articles of the people behind the quiet quitting movement, that's what it's about. It's about working during work hours, not doing the work of six people, but actually doing the work of one person figuring out what your job description is and and sticking to it and and not feeling guilty for other people not planning properly and not hiring properly and and them being overstaffed if i mean excuse me understaffed so if your boss if your company if your corporation is understaffed that's not your problem you do your work do it well and then be done. So I've used the term adult daycare earlier. Um, I don't know. I think in the in the stuff secrets to success there were there were three episodes, and one of them was to treat your job as adult daycare. So unless we're all completely and totally financially independent or fully retired or have some sort of trust fund, most of us need to create some sort of income in order to live the type of life that we want to live. And it is not all sunshines and roses and unicorns and puppy dogs and sparkly glitter. Adults need to sometimes suck it up and do adult things. But what is fascinating is if you're good at your job, just like life, some days if you've got a huge deadline, if you've got a big push, some days you work harder than other days but you still get paid. So going to work and doing the work things, even if you're not in hustle mode and 110% overdrive mode, you still will get paid. It's okay. So uh, some people call it phoning it in. It's okay to phone it in. That is a-okay. If you are consistently meeting your work deadlines, if you're pleasant to be around, if you're doing your job description, if you don't let the balls drop, that is okay. That is doing your job. 
And, and that is, again, what the quiet quitting movement is about, which really, I think, equates to anti-hustle, which is, to me, slow living, which is figuring it out, what it is you want out of life, and then trying to find a way to make it happen. So you go to work to make money, to then have the things to, to, to do what you want out of life. But your job is not your identity. It is not your self-worth. It is not your life. It is the people, the connections, the, the stuff that happens in the fringe outside of your eight-hour workday, which is what you're trying to build. So most people have a working life of, I don't know, between 25 and 60. And that is a lot of time. But my hope is that you are looking at it as building blocks and, and, and the, the, the money and the income that comes from that isn't who you are deep down inside. Otherwise, when you leave it, you're going to have this sort of uncomfortable feeling in your body and that you don't know who you are. And, and you've got to... You've got to have a life outside of work because life happens and, and jobs come and go, um, bosses come and go, a, a, a work situation that you might really, really like right now can change in an instant if your direct supervisor decides to leave or if a cranky person moves into the cubicle next door to you. So, so put your blinders on and, and do the job. And, and treat going to work as adult daycare. This is just what adults do. I'm just going to go do this thing. And, and then I'm done. And I'm going to go back to living my life. And what's interesting is if you're good at your job, you can find ways to blend your life into the workday. So, so for instance, on my lunch break, I run errands. I, I pick up groceries at Trader Joe's and then I bring them back and I put them in the refrigerator at work. And then I, I put little post-its all around or I set an alarm to go off. So I remember to bring the groceries home, but I'm blending my life into my work day in a way that makes me feel good. So that might not make you feel good. Maybe your blending life into your work day is on your lunch break. You go walk around the block a few times. So my husband does that. He leaves work on his lunch break and he either goes for walks or he drives to the, the golf driving range and he hits a bucket of balls. But it's just where you go to make money. It, it is not your identity. It is not your self-worth. It is is just a place to go get money. And if you work for yourself, so, so some of you um, may have your own home businesses, you may work fully for yourself and you don't identify with actual lunch breaks and things like that. So I get that and, and I hear you and, and I, I did that for myself for 12 years and it was fantastic and, and I loved every bit of it. But I loved every bit of it because I was home with my kids and I was fully present with them and I still had boundaries. When they were home from school, I was in mom mode and I was paying attention to them. And, and the laptop got closed. And here and there, I would open it again and, and pay attention. But 
when the kids needed me, I, I was fully there. So I, I don't like the the imagery of the mom who is doing it all, and she's got a phone wedged in one ear and and holding a tablet in another and nursing a baby and a toddler is trying to get her attention. So so to me, that's not the the ideal that we're working for. And I hate it that those kind of images float around the internet because it makes it seem like if you're not doing all of the things all of the time, you're doing it wrong. And that is not true. I want you to do one thing, maybe two at a time, and, and give it your full attention and, and have cr- create boundaries for yourself. When, when you're in mom mode, you're in mom mode. When you're in work mode, you're in work mode. So um, if you haven't taken my free masterclass, so that's at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass, one of the, the success secrets of highly successful and productive moms is that they learn how to compartmentalize. So... Um, and in that slide and in that training, I show a picture of um, the front of like a self-storage area. And I've labeled each bay of the self-storage. So you've got work, you've got family, you've got your spouse, you've got your relationships. And all of these things, yes, they're happening and, and they're swirling around, but it doesn't mean that all of them, all of the time, are getting 100% of your attention. That is hustle mode. That is frenzy. That is feeling as if you're going to let a ball drop, and it's a glass ball versus a rubber ball. And they're not. They're not all just rubber balls. If you drop them, they're just going to bounce right back up, and you just pick up where you left off. It's no biggie. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to consciously and decisively plan out what it is you want, you really want out of life, and then find a way to slowly and methodically get there, bit by bit, baby steps. You are not behind. It's okay to send your boss to voicemail if, if you're getting a phone call at 9 o'clock at night. That, that's not okay. Um, you come first. Your family comes first. That my my boss at work right now, we joke that if either of us gets hit by a bus tomorrow, they will they will put out <laughs> a, a, a a vacancy notification. They absolutely will. I mean it sounds horrible, but you are replaceable at work. You are not replaceable in your family. You are not replaceable at home. You are replaceable at work. So go to work, do a good job. I'm I'm not saying that you sit at your desk and you twiddle your thumbs and you don't do anything. No, do your job, do a good job. Um, But you don't need to be in overdrive. Your your family, your boundaries, your mental health, your physical health, they, they have to come first. You have to put yourself first. And if it sounds selfish to you, then do some journaling. Lean in. Figure out why why am I so uncomfortable with this? Why do I feel like if I'm not in overdrive, I'm going to fall behind? Why do I feel like I have to do A++ work all of the time? Um, and, and just reach out. If, if you need help, if you've got some sort of like 
weird mindset stuff and in, in that you feel not worthy or not good enough if you're not in overdrive, reach out to me. I'm happy to hop on the call with you. You can put yourself on my calendar at stephanieoday.com forward slash mindset. I have free mindset calls. If the online calendar, if those times don't work for you, then email me. We can set something else up. The the times that I I self, I, I sort of plotted out in the Google calendar are times that work for me. But I'm in California and I'm an early riser, so that's why I pick those times. If those times don't work from you and you're on a different time zone, you're in a different country, that's okay. Email me. We'll figure it out. It, it's no biggie. And and we'll just hop on the phone. It's, it's not an issue in any way. I don't want you to feel like you're alone or you're the only person with the what ifs or but that won't work. So there, there's some sort of mindset shift that needs to happen. I'm happy to have uh, to work with you and put another pair of eyeballs on your brain and, and see, well, why don't you think this will work for you? Why do you think that your situation doesn't allow boundaries to be placed? Why does your family life, your work life, why is it so different? Let, let's see what we can do here to, to kind of figure that out and, and unmuddy the, the waters that might be swimming around in your brain. Um, one other thing I, I want to share to help you with your kids. And, um, especially if you've got teenagers, um, and, and I guess even in elementary school. So it's okay to get an A minus. It's okay to get a B plus. It's really okay to get a C. Don't over push your kids and make them feel like if they're not straight A students or going for extra credit all of the time, that they're not worthy or that they're not good enough. Um, it's okay to meet grade level expectations. It's okay to just be themselves. And if they're struggling, absolutely help. Um, sit down, look at the agenda, look at what the teacher is assigning and, and figure out where the holes are, where the gaps are and, and help them get to a place where they feel proud of their work. But an A does, does not buy extra love. An A does not mean that they are more worthy than someone who got a B. No. So, so break that mold at home and sort of shake up that feeling that if you are not 100% all of the time that you're falling behind. And um, hug on those kids and, and let them know that the love you have for them is absolutely unconditional. And, and then for you, hug on yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Make eye contact for, with yourself and, and say, hey, you are doing an amazing job. This is hard. You're doing a lot, but you're doing it really, really, really well. And I love you. And you absolutely are worthy. And it's okay that you made this mistake or that mistake. And it's okay that 
your house doesn't look like so-and-so's house and, and your dinner was drive through It doesn't mean you're failing. It is A-okay to sometimes phone it in. It's not a problem. You are not falling behind. You are amazing and you are wonderful and you are lovely and you're having a great hair and butt day and I think you are fantastic. So please know that deep down inside that tune out the go hustle pushy 110% overdrive sort of stigma that society is pushing and and just unplug and just go within. You already know what the next step is to take. Just listen to your inner gut, listen to your intuition. You know what the right thing to do is. Don't overschedule yourself. Don't overschedule your kids. And just love. Hundred. If you're going to go overboard, love overboard and, and cut yourself some slack. Okay, I hope that was helpful. I think you're amazing. I will see you again next week. And whatever you do today, do it slowly. Have a great day. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.